This week, hey old, everyone! In old guitar news, oh yeah, we, we should probably say who we are. I'm Ryan, and I'm Steven. This is Sixty Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, reviewing, playing uh, old news podcast. Oh, way old news! We're we're talking about Stevie T getting hacked off of YouTube. Uh, there have been a few uh, bigger uh, channels who've lost their accounts to different things this one was the binance corporation uh, uh apparently it wasn't feed wasn't it, really binance no it's not it's someone it's someone who poses as a binance uh tracking yeah and they just run a live stream of of crypto feed and they try to get you to click the link i'm sure for nefarious purposes or just trying to get you to buy to bitcoins buy from them they were trying to they're trying to capitalize on doge get that doge coin rolling doge. in so i don't i just i have to say this right now like no no one deserves to have their hard-earned channel hacked away from them like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that's awful like it made when i heard that that happened to stevie t it made me feel sick to my stomach it made me feel that way when i've heard other channels have been hacked and had their channels damaged basically because mm -hmm. it does cause damage like you lose subscribers yeah you lose it feels like getting robbed you know like yeah. you spend a, a a weekend or a couple a week or a couple weeks like this this channel more. is my livelihood right now yeah. i think it, and i'm a we're, this is a fraction of the size of, of Stevie I think T's channel. This, this, i think if this channel got hacked you just it would that would you just have to start all over <sighs> i i i i I don't think YouTube's going to do anything. I wouldn't be able to start the channel over because it took me five years of transitioning from my previous career path to be able to build this to earn my income. Like I wouldn't be able to start from scratch and be able to pay my bills. Oh yeah, yeah, because you wouldn't have that re the residuals, right? It would, so to speak. It would if it if my channel if this channel got hacked, our channel got hacked, and I was not able to recover it. Like if YouTube was not able to recover it, that would just be the end. This is why you guys should be all supporting us on Patreon. Every <laughs> single one of you, one dollar. Like I would have to, I would probably have to go get for as little like, for as little as one dollar a month. You too can feed Ryan's children. Well, here's what I would do. Here's what I would do if I got hacked in that way, <laughs> and YouTube either was un unable or refused to restore my channel because there's technically no one at YouTube that you can hit up well, and be like, help I mean. me. Like, like I, You can't find anyone and tell them to help you. Like the reason Stevie T got his channel back at all is because his fans were reporting his channel. They're right. like, something's wrong. They're reporting the whole channel to YouTube and eventually they noticed something was wrong. So that yeah. would have yeah. to happen on a massive scale. If I wasn't able to get it back, like worst case scenario, if this channel got hacked, only fans, I would be looking for work but at the same time, I would just be selling stuff, <laughs> just garage sale level, move stuff to pay my bills because I, I'm doing it's just going to be offer up for sale box of very affordable pedals <laughs> <laughs> text. I used to be a YouTuber, but then my channel got hacked. So now I'm selling everything. My, my loss is your game. <laughs> it's so dark. It would be so sad. Like, I can't imagine 
like the like this the sick feeling he must have been experiencing mm-hmm. going through this the couple days that he went through it that just like sick to your stomach feeling of like what is going on i don't have any control over this like my entire thing that i've built is in the air and who knows if i'll ever get it back yeah like so, you you let it's like watching a helium balloon fly away and like no like, so so i mean we have some um some things in place that hopefully uh would prevent that sort of thing from ever happening mm-hmm. uh and we have a very complicated password. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we don't spend any time playing Raid Shadow Legends. Not once ever. I think that is the common denominator. If you have played Raid Shadow, Levin, Shadow, Raid Shadow Legends, I can't even say it. I'm afraid to because I'll get hacked if I say it correctly. <laughs> uh, if you've played Raid once, you're going to get hacked. I've used even Ra- once. I've used Raid to like, I'll, we got that lemon scent. Oh, lemon scent Raid's bad news, man. You need this stuff that smells bad. Wait, are you talking about a pesticide? Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> lemon scent one, like, you think, like, oh, I want that lemon scent because it's in my house. But then the problem is, is like, your cat goes over there and is like, what's that cool smell? And your like kid goes over there, like, oh, lemon, I love lemon. Mmm, <laughs> is that cinnamon Raid? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that is that chocolate chip cookies raid? Pumpkin spice raid? Mmm, that is the smell of the holidays. Um, but no, man, it, it's tough. There are some, you know, I will say there are a few channels that I won't name, but I'll let you guys guess down in the comments that if they got hacked, I probably wouldn't feel bad. Here's the thing. I, I hate Stevie T probably more than any other channel on really YouTube. more than any other channel not more than blippy i hate blippy more but any other guitar channel like even I can't, you can't think of any other guitar channel that you hate more than stevie t i mean i guess like hate is i can see sh- how, why you would hate it. there's like there's like a i feel like there's a it's a strong word and that's why i'm using it <laughs> <laughs> i don't enjoy his content i'm sure he's a fine human being i know people who know him and say that he's a wonderful human being in person i just i cannot get into his content that's at what i'm all. saying though you're saying that you don't think there's like maybe i'm not saying you need to name anybody but you don't think there's some guitar youtubers that like whose content you don't enjoy and you think they're probably not very good human beings oh i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure there's people that are awful human beings but you do not hate them as much as Stevie T. I think Stevie T's content is an affront to human decency. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but the, having that being said and put out on the table, I, I don't want him to go out that way. I don't want him to be hacked. I don't want his channel taken away from him. What I want is everyone to wake up one morning and say, we're not going to watch this anymore. <laughs> That's what I want. And I want him to still be able to earn a living somehow. I don't want him to have experience hardship. I want him as a human being to still be comfortable and taken care of and, and have, you know, and have income from whatever, you know, work he decides to do. But I, I, I do not enjoy his content and I don't think well, his content is, is necessary. <laughs> But like I said, I don't want him. I don't want him to be hacked. I don't want him to be taken right, out that way. Right. I don't want anyone to be well, hacked. What I can't it's say, awful. What I can't say is if his uh, if if his YouTube channel does ever go down, 
I have heard that Dragon Force is looking for a bass player. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> is that cheap? That was probably That was cheap. a cheap stab, Steve. Like I went I went straight for the jugular and just said what I was feeling. You're you're digging into old wounds with that one. Is it old? That's more that's, that's a permanent That's crueler than what I did, no, Steve. Is it? It is. Is it? It's audience. Is it? Audience is what Steve did crueler than what I did. I just told the truth about my feelings. Steve, Steve, I dealt made, a low blow. I made fun of a guy for having stage anxiety because he advertises mental. Uh, he advertises for better health and says that mental mental illness and depression are serious causes, and then makes fun of people for having mental illnesses. You know, potato, potato. Those, I mean, those are real critiques and really real things to point out. They're not out. even like my original ideas. No, not at all. <laughs> like I said, people I know claim that he's a, a really great guy in person. But it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like that. Like, I I will say, like, it's kind of to me, it's it's the character that he plays. I find despicable. Yeah. Billy Madison was really funny to me until I was like 30 and the, that's for the, too late for the last like seven years. It's been a rough watch, but I'm still trying. <laughs> um, but, but it's, it's like that. It's like there's stuff from the nineties where you remember it being like really funny. And now you watch and you're like, Oh yeah, that was, I don't know about that one guys. And that's most Adam Sandler movies. Well, like, I'm just, I, like, it's not even like, what did I, I watched like, like uh, the old Chris Farley stuff is kind of in that. It's kind of yeah. It, it's a different kind of cringe, but it's still like a, like the first know. the first Ace Ventura is a rough watch. Now. Oh yeah, I watched the first Ace Ventura a few months ago, and I was like, Eey. yeah, this is rough now. But but uh, you know, I guess you know some people still like that, and so um, I'm not saying there's not an audience for it. I'm just saying just I'm not the audience anymore. It's it's kind of wild to me, like as a someone who's a teen squarely in that Ace Ventura Jim Carrey is the hottest thing on the mm -hmm, planet mm -hmm. sort of era mm -hmm. and everyone knew like three high school dudes who could do a spot on Jim Carrey impression which was just them you know spouting a few lines right it's really weird in the year 2021 to see someone so huge on the internet who is essentially doing a bad Jim Carrey impression right, right. for his entire shtick it's really weird 20 yeah. something years later that is his entire shtick and being cruel to other people on top of it is it's really weird to me i guess it makes sense it's it's weird to me but it makes sense that he is so popular like that is humanity that is that is what people like apparently. Mm -hmm. um, so how do people get hacked, Steve? How do YouTube uh, channels get hacked? Oh yeah, that was actually what we were talking about. So, um, of course, at least from what we've seen, and of course this is old old news. So maybe it has come out what happened. But um, my assumption, and because this is one of the most, so okay, I would assume he did not get hacked the most common way, which is a straight ahead phishing scheme, which is what we get actually a decent amount. We get emails from uh we get e multiple we sketchy get emails, emails a week. Uh coming in uh from uh dot CZ's uh email addresses purporting to be like programmers or like uh you know 
editing oh. software. Hey, hey guys, uh, we, uh, us over here at Ubisoft are getting ready to launch Halo Nine, uh, and we want to we want to talk about it on your show. Send us a send us a text on WhatsApp. Uh, I'm like mm, huh. any any time someone's like. Call us on WhatsApp. I'm like scam. That's a scam. Yeah. So I I don't think I don't think that's how Stevie T got hacked. But that's the way people get, because what they do is you, you if you get suckered into this conversation and then they're like oh click this link da, 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 or whatever and then you click on it and it brings up a fake YouTube page and then you put in your credentials and now they've got your YouTube credentials. Right. What I think may have happened is the scheme that's like a couple levels of nefarious deeper which is the uh audio plugin scheme mm. where uh basically a company comes and says we've got these great audio plugins click our link download this file do 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 and uh you're like oh what's this all about do, 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 do. and you download it and then it integrates itself into your uh final cut or whatever or maybe it's a standalone software but you know, oh, our video editing software will allow you to publish directly to YouTube. Just put your credentials here. And so you put in your credentials and then they turn it, send it to fake Binance. And now your channel's a fake Binance right. channel. Like we have, a, Steve and I, as a policy, we've decided to not click links in our email. Unless it's to Bandcamp. Yeah. Because <laughs> we got to play a song at the end of the episode. No, but you know what I mean? Like if some company yeah. is like, hey, click this link. We're like, no, we're just going to search for you. Like yeah. we'll go, we'll find your link on our own. We're not going to click this link that you provided. Basically, I, it's too scary. I, do you have the email open all day? I do. Uh, yeah, fairly often. Yeah. So, well, I mean, like if I'm at my desk or I get the emails directly to my phone, and so whenever we get an email from like any company where it's not someone that's like reached, unless it's like someone who's reached out to us on another platform, right, right, or you know, someone that's being introduced to us by someone else. Like the first thing I'll do on my phone is click on the name and see if the email address makes sense. And a lot of times I'll take that email address. If it's not a company I'm not 100% familiar with, copy paste it into Safari on my phone, take off the at whatever part or take off the name at and just hit that. And a lot of times nothing comes up. And then right away I'm like, oh, this is scam. Or like I said, if it's like, oh, we're the official team at Ubisoft and it's, it's, you know, bill at gmail.com. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ubisoft isn't using. And the thing that I found is interesting going on with Ubisoft. There's a lot of other, these different, yeah, actually raid. Um, we've gotten fake, fake promos for raid. Oh, totally. Um, and a lot of times if the studios, the studios website might be like, again, using Ubisoft an exa example, I don't know what theirs is, but say it's Ubisoft.com. There, the email address might actually be at ubisoftware.com. Right. So they try to do something really similar, but they're just trying to get that communication. They're trying to get that information. When I see stuff like that, I, I just delete it. Like, I don't even leave it in the box. Like, I don't like leave it on red. I just delete it. Like, it's easy for us to spot these things and be like, well, we never cover software. We never cover plugins. We never cover makeup. We certainly, People want to send us makeup. We certainly never cover video games. And so when we get emails like, hey, love what you do. You want to promote this video game? You want to plug, you want to promote this plugin? It's like, wow, you don't know anything about us. And that already raises red flags for us. We're a channel like Stevie T. He 
he pitches sex toys. He pitches raid. He pitches whatever comes along that will put money in his pocket. And it doesn't matter if it has anything to do with guitar or not. Like we, we have a square like focus on like, we want this to be a guitar channel. We, we want it to be a commercial thing where we mm-hmm. can provide marketing services, but we want it to be in that wheelhouse. And I feel like we're somewhat protected because of that. Like, yeah. like it's much easier for us to spot, like this doesn't add up because it's not some dude going like, Hey, I'm a new pedal builder. I want someone to demo my pedal. Right. How, do, how does this work? It's like these scam emails are like, Oh, we're pretending to be this big software developer. Click our, all our links, hit us up on WhatsApp. We are going to pay you all this money and we're going to give you a percentage, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it, it's over the top. It's over the top. It's all these red flags. And I think if you're a big channel, like Terry Bear, or you know like dines or something like this where you do do outside marketing marketing outside you the gear do do <laughs> where if you caca uh outside marketing outside of uh, the gear industry outside the guitar industry like that those emails probably look normal to you yeah i think the other thing that i i notice a lot and to me this is always a red flag is um anytime an email says Hey there, uh, I or it just says like hi or hey there or something kind of generic. It's like I stumbled along your YouTube channel and really love your content, and it's like okay. <laughs> this sounds sincere. Sounds yeah. like something a, a real human person would write. Yeah, it's like and there were they and I've seen these where they even try to step it up a little. They're like. Hey there, I really liked your video at link to the video. <laughs> and it's like, yes, that is our video. Why? And and there was one we were getting, we got like two or three emails in a couple weeks span. I remember that was like um, that entry and it was a link to the video. It's like, I really love what you did in link to video. Would you, would you be interested in settling? Uh, or I think we have some products you would be interested in. And it was for like webcams <laughs> or like it was like a link to a video for like something really exceedingly dumb that only we would do i don't remember what it was uh, but it was like so niche that it was like only a thing you know that has no appeal to like webcams or uh makeup or like we had someone legit was like we will send you makeup and we're like what do I need it? Why can you, can you see like my car- pores? I guess it was because they're like, oh, you're a YouTube channel, so right. they assume we're doing like the ring light thing, and right, right, like every YouTuber is Jenna Marbles. I don't even know who that is, but I she's a YouTuber. I know obviously. what I know exactly the genre just by the by her name, like makeup tutorials or something. Uh, like no, that. I, I she's like a comedian. I oh, think, okay, but whatever. Um, I don't like comedy. I, know. I take my life extremely seriously. We probably should like use a little powder at least to <laughs> to get the some of the. You'd probably be able to use like use less lights. Use less lights if we. Just, what if we did get a big ring light, light, Steve, and we had those rings in our pupils? Oh my gosh! And just I like or completely washed out and soft looking. Actually, would uh, would I don't know if I would have rings on my pupils because my glasses might uh, take care of that. Hmm, take care of that glare. Hmm. 
That's a good question. We're going to have to get a ring light to figure it out. Test it out. (laughs) Let's talk about this ad. Yeah, good grief. Now that we're done trashing on Terry Berry, who, I mean, it's basically free promotion for for him because now anyone who hasn't watched him is like, well, I want to go see this awful person they're talking about. And there's probably some of you that love him and now you hate us and now we're losing subscribers. This video lost more subscribers than usual. Uh, Thanks, YouTube, for the hot tip. This was sent by Emily Harris. It's, who's that? I don't know. Wait, there's a woman who knows about guitars? The doctor's a woman? Wait. Oh, you know what? I bet she sent this in on on behalf of her husband. Oh, yeah. A complete set of all three Fender <laughs> alternative reality. <laughs> That's so awful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Emily is uh, the the better half of the hosts at the Get Offset podcast. Just kidding, Andrew. You're cool, too. I'd say she's an equal half she of Get Offset. I think she's more than half of Get Offset because she does all the demos. She's the Ryan, the she's the Ryan of Get Offset. And Andrew is the me. Yes, Andrew is the Steve. Yeah. Uh, complete set of all three Fender Alternative Reality uh, tenor Telecasters. Unplayed and in original shipping boxes. Purchased new. I have only opened to p- the picture. Uh, these guitars are extremely hard to find, even used, but I would imagine this is the only set of three altogether, especially in mint condition, butterscotch, fiesta red, and lake placid blue. Um, never removed from box is where the value's at, man. These can no longer be sold as new. These Air are now, has touched them. These are now mint. And also, these were like $500 new, so uh, how dare you? I'm trying to look for a single one for sale. Well, on and that's what's tricky about it. There's only this grouping that's on reverb and they want five grand for it. Was that the price? Five grand. $4,995 oh, and not- $99 shipping. Yeah. Couldn't ship it for free. Huh? And originally these were like 500 bucks each, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's re- I mean, it's one of those things like, I don't believe these are worth that. Three guitars that were 500 bucks recently made mm-hmm. being sold for $5,100 effectively as yeah. a three pack just because they're brand new and it's the complete set of all the colors and they're not in production anymore, even though they were recently made. I don't, I can't believe that's a real price for these. Like I would, I would accept. What would you accept? I would accept $800 for each. Okay. So what is that? 30, 3,200. Uh, no, it's 1600. Six. You said 800. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, 2,400. I can't do math. It's late at night guys. It's been a long freaking day. Kids screaming in my ears. Uh, my mind is fried. Um, yeah, twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah, you think that's re- reasonable? I For, think that's maybe the hundred percent. Here's the thing: I've got that that alternate reality baritone squire. Yep, brand new. Those things were four hundred three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. They're going on reverb right now, north of seven fifty eight hundred. So I think in in our current situation with stuff being like used gear is selling really well right now all gear seems to be selling really well right now if someone really wants something it doesn't matter if it was 500 dollars when it came out new a year ago people want it they will pay 800 dollars for it 
versus the $500 that it was. We are seeing precedent for that. All right. So I think all three of these for 24 would make more sense than all three for 5,100. Are you ready? I am. On May 6th, Uh-oh. 2021, there were seven bids placed by two bidders on eBay. For one of these? For one guitar, $1,400. What? This might not be that bad. of. That might not be that crazy then. I mean, it's not a good deal. It is not a good deal. $1,700 for a tenor telecaster. They are up charging for this three-pack here. Surely it must... Like, is there someone out there that, uh, like, is making these famous? I mean, somebody else somebody else sold one for, like, $1,000. That's crazy. Uh, it looks like. That's crazy. Um, I'm not... There's not a ton of examples, so they, they, they don't come up. Um, but... Yeah, that is fourteen hundred for one. You're kind of like now. You'd think like maybe they should be discounting slightly. Well, I think they're like jacking the price. They're up, working but. the the clean matched complete set right. thing. No, they definitely are. Like you're not going to be able to complete the set again easily. So they're working that angle. But then, like, like does anyone need the complete set of this? It's not. Like if you are, if you are a professional performing recording musician and a tenor electric Telecaster is the core of your sound, mm-hmm. like I could see you justifying this purchase and be like, yeah, I've got to have all three because I'm going to use these for the rest of my life, and I want to, ha- you know, I want to add these to my collection. I can't. I can't, it's such a small Venn diagram of people that would go out of their way to get. A, f- a complete set in yeah. matching condition. This is in a music store too. At least it looks like it's in a music store. I, I mean, wonder how I many mean, music stores carpet. are looking at what's going on with this stuff and they're putting it in their orders to Fender and they're like, don't sell it. Sit on it for a year. Everything we get from Fender, sit on it from, for a year. Keep keep one set of the single year. That Somewhere they've got a full set of Squire Paranormals. Right. Just... One of every color, one of every color in the baritone. Buy the whole set of bear. Wasn't there only like two colors of the baritone? Yeah. No, there was only one color. There was only one color. Buy the entire set of colors <laughs> of the baritone. Well, they came. They came out with that Antigua baritone jazz master. That was a while ago, right? Yeah, but that thing has has hit like a collector's market, and people are paying over two grand for it now. It's a squire. That's because the and. And there's there's a band that's been using them. That's because the Antigua guy in our Discord keeps driving the price up. <laughs> I don't Steve Tigua. I don't understand what's going on right now. Like this is unprecedented as far as like our I, lifetime of experience we, we, of okay, watching yeah, Fender and Squire. We stuff. talked about this before the show. We talked about these and we found that they were five hundred dollars new. Five hundred, four hundred, whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh I think it was five hundred. And we were like, well, yeah, this is clearly dumb. Like the set brand new is fifteen hundred dollars. Well, we found two examples on eBay. One sold for nine fifty. The other one sold for fourteen hundred. You know what it is? It's because they're made out of wood. People are buying these and turning them into homes. <laughs> yeah, how many homes could you build with a set of three? 
Tenor. Uh, this, I, by the time this airs, this will be old news, I'm sure. But I bet those cardboard boxes are full of gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> I will tr- I will trade you two gallons of go juice for <laughs> a Fender Tenor Telecaster. Oh my gosh! Thank you for picking up the slack on that while I lost my mind. <laughs> oh man! Well, here's what I think about that, Ryan. What do you think? This drum beat is from the Lead Guitar Toolkit. They're the sponsor of this show. Let's pick another one. There we go. Pop Rocker 120. I could groove to this one for a while. Yeah. Just a straight ahead 120 RPM BPM. (laughs) A little beat here. There's a whole bunch of these. Let's hit another one. Okay, we should stop and actually do the ad. Uh, Lead Guitar Toolkit. We're messing around with the drums, but they've got a little... Lick maker, a little uh, lick, lick master, master has trainers and a tab. It's got jam tracks in this in this suite. It's this, a, is a, this is an app suite. It's a suite of applications for your phone that give you a bunch of tools to practice guitar alongside some drum beats, um, some looped guitar parts with drum beats. Uh, there's an app that guides you through uh, musical theory with the modal yeah, buddy. Modal buddy. There's uh, a, the Lick Master, which has lessons with tabs that you can play along yeah. to and stuff like that. And, and the Lick Master, I've actually, I messed around with that the other night. Like, it, it's really convenient because it'll play in chunks. Like you select the yeah. chunk and you press play and it'll play like four notes at a time and you can sit there and repeat it and really mm-hmm. learn those four notes mm-hmm. at a time and then move on to the next four notes. And it's a really effective way to learn various little songs. Uh, by the way, all the apps, you might be thinking like, oh, some music apps, these are being put together by you know, some app developer I've never heard of before in a country i've never heard of before and there's you know they'll never be updated there's no support these aren't people that i can talk to and contact no all these four apps are put together by two brothers in rhode island one of them's a drummer one's a drummer one's a guitarist you're hearing them playing in these tracks these are this is music made by real people yeah making this app who are doing it because this is, you know, it's music. We love music. They love music. That's why they're doing it. And so when they emailed us, I was like, yeah, this is something that I feel totally excited to accept as a sponsorship. Here's the thing. Ron's first rig was a PV Predator and a gross Gorilla Amp. That's what skanky means, right? Right, right. Gross. I want to see a picture of that, and I want to see a picture of Ron's mini pedal horde uh, yeah they sent us some fun facts about them as people uh uh ron took first place in a statewide jazz competition when he was 15 i think that's rick oh rick did yeah there rick you is, go rick is a drummer he lived that whiplash life <laughs> they're just a, they're just a couple of regular guys, guys who made an app go check it out check out the link below it says here uh, that in their high school talent show in 1998 uh, they played a cover of a Smashing Pumpkins song. They yeah. sent us facts about the real people that they are. Yeah. Leadguitartoolkit.com slash 60cyclehum will take you to what you need to know. It'll take you to the app store. It's 15 bucks for all four apps, or you could do one app at a time for five bucks, I think. Uh, the drum beats one, it's got hundreds of drum beats in it. Literally hundreds of them, like like 
400 or something like that. Um, uh, a decent sized chunk of them, uh, you do have to have the premium uh, account to access them. But there's tons of stuff in there that you don't have to have the premium account. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. I've been sitting on the couch jamming to these apps while using the uh, the Mustang Micro, and it's just like a perfect pairing. Mustang Micro plus these apps. It's been a lot of fun. I like to pull up the hip hop like break beats and like jam wah guitar over the break beats. <laughs> Go check them out. <laughs> Ryan, you got anything new? Oh, that's a good question. I thought I did, but now I can't remember. Dude, I did that thing again where I had a thing and I forgot. We don't have anything new, guys. I should write, I should I, write these down. I mean, by the time this video is up, you've already... You know, by this time this episode's up, you've already seen the video or you know that I published it. I, I filmed my demo of some Wampler mini pedals today. And Ooh. I had kind of a great time. I did the Plexi Drive mini. I did the Rat's Bane Mini, which is like a rat style thing. And then I did the Bell Overdrive, which is based on the Nobel uh, uh, ODR1, which apparently is like the secret sauce that all the Nashville session guys use, which I've heard that for a long time, like people talking about that pedal. And I know I've always just been dismissive, like, okay, sure, Nashville session guys, why do I care? How does that affect me? But I actually had a really great time with this overdrive, which is weird because I usually don't bond with overdrives. But I really want to spend some time figuring this thing out because it did. You, you see it. You're like, oh, a green overdrive. I get it. It's going to be like a tube screamer. It's different somehow. I don't. It hits different. This pedal has a plague doctor on it. Yeah. I actually I really, like that. I really connected with the plexi drive, too. Mm. Like I was having fun just like coaxing feedback out of these ah. pedals. Like I was just strumming chords. And then sitting there, especially with the plexi drive, feeling mm -hmm. the amps uh, kind of resonate with the distortion and feeling the character and the clipping of the distortion kind of morph and pulsate and change as the note rang out. Mm -hmm. And it was giving me goosebumps. Like, I was, like the hair was standing up Ooh, on the back of my neck creepy. with the plexi drive, which I was not expecting to happen. I'm not like a high gain martial type guy yeah. but yeah. like it was it was triggering some sort of response in me so huh. i i would i had a much better time than i was expecting to playing these mini pedals today so yeah wampler midi pedals go watch uh go watch my video of those that's my what's new i guess still can't think of anything man very disappointed i'm more disappointed than you are steve like you're supposed to have something ready to go, and I here know, we are. You got I know. nothing. You know what? Let's just talk about this real fender. <laughs> this is a real fender. These poor guys at the pawn shop look physically ill when I told them this was about a hundred dollar guitar, and it's definitely not a fender. I said I hope you guys didn't pay much for it. They wouldn't tell me how much they paid for it. They said the customer who brought it in said it was a genuine fender custom shop, one of a kind. I said, yeah, it's definitely one of a kind. Uh, it's got a horrible paint job on it. I, we don't even have to make fun of this because this guy's making fun of it for us. Yeah, yeah. And from what I can tell, Wilkinson Hardware. There's, I have no idea. The guy even put some fender tags on the tuners. They have a $700 price tag on it that says regular price $1,300. I still don't think they totally believe me as I left. Worst fake ever. I think I've seen worse. I've seen worse. Um, but it is humorous that a pawn shop 
would be fooled by this. Like pawn shops are supposed to be pretty savvy with music yeah. instrument stuff at this point. Like they've got Google, they've got eBay, they can figure it out. Right. I will say, I mean, there's a lot that visually does not work on this. I kind of dig the way they put the logo on there all huge and like going off the edge of the, the, the headstock. I kind of like that. It's a very like, I feel like it's in line with the, uh, like the Fender HM era. Right. Just like strat. Like this, the headstock shape is obviously whack, like fully Uh whack. And look at the way the low E string is wound. It's going, going the wrong way. Um, but I kind of want to Photoshop that together, like a Fender headstock with the logo huge on it. And in a color that you wouldn't expect, like this, mm. this Fender logo is bright yellow. It matched, on, it's trying to match the pit guard on a maple headstock. And yeah, the, the guitar body is a Telecaster body that is like, what is that green? It is like Kelly green with yeah. a yellow perloid pit guard. Is this like a, those are like football colors, right? Is this like a football color theme thing? Maybe. maybe? What team is that? The Green Bay there Packers. You go. There you go. Here's my concern. What it needs is it needs a white pickup and white knobs. Uh, then it, it could needs really white, be football themed. It needs white plastic. No, I think it would just pop in a really fun way. I don't know if that would make it football themed or not, but I think it would pop in a fun way. Um, they've got like a Glock sign on the wall. This store, this is a pawn shop that sells guns. What I'm worried about is like... Kind of funny that they have all those guns around and they still got robbed. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, but I am a little concerned about the fact that they like thought this... Apparently thought this was a real fender. It's like someone goes in there with a BB gun. And they're like, this is a real Desert Eagle. I want $3,000. And they're like, yes, sir. And he said it's a real Desert Eagle. He said it's a real Desert Eagle. Why would he lie to us? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is Al Capone's... Tommy gun. I want 10,000. Oh, yes, sir. Right away, sir. You bring in a, a bottle of craft glitter that you got from the, the craft store. Like, this is gold dust. <laughs> yeah, this is real gold dust. Oh, that's real gold. Wow. If you say so. Okay. Well, what, how much does it weigh? What's the going rate for a pound of gold? Here you go, buddy. <laughs> would, you, would you like to buy some magic beans, son? <laughs> Don't tell anyone where you got them. I mean, the bo- the the body and the pickguard are fun. Who knows if that neck is good at all? It might be a fine neck. This might be a player's guitar. They have it listed for six ninety nine. There's no freaking way. There's no way in hell that this guitar is worth that. But I, if I walked into a pawn shop and there was no price tag on this, I might look at this and be like, "Hey, would would you take one fifty? No, you wouldn't offer one fifty. I would not offer over a hundred dollars on this. It's a kind of a cool color to the body. It's a good starter, I think. Steve disagrees. Just paint your supersonic this. Problem solved. <laughs> here's my problem. Here's my here's the other thing. I'm looking around. I'm looking at this pawn shop. It's very clean. It's very neat. It's a very well yeah. organized pawn shop. Which kind of makes me think they got a lot of time on their hands. Seriously. Look at that guy. You can see the guy back there standing next to the ladder. Yeah. He's got yeah. a computer. He's sitting there. He could do the research in in 10 seconds. We do research on this show. In while real we, time. In real time while a person sitting next to us is holding down the show and talking about the thing that we're doing research on. Like he would be able to figure out what this is worth. 
or not worth. He would be able to figure out this is not a Fender Custom Shop just by looking at the headstock. <laughs> Being like this, I don't see any other Fender Custom Shop that looks anything like this dude. Get out of my shop. You know, this is so dumb. And obviously, I know they exist because it's like the 70s style. But it just dawned on me that this is a Telecaster uh, body. But this is like the jank Strat headstock. Yeah, like this is the knockoff. No, it's str- completely, <laughs> it's completely messed up. It's compl- it makes no sense at all. Like you don't even have to notice that it's not the right Strat headstock. You just have to realize no and notice that it's not a Telecaster headstock. Here's 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 what I got. Here's it does what, have here's a Telecaster what, style heel on the on I'm the neck thinking. though. Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, whoever whoever sold this guitar to the store, uh, if they're selling it for seven hundred and they for i mean i guess for what it's worth they they're selling it for 700 the guy told them regular or they said regular price 1300 they're selling it for 700 they probably paid like between 100 and 200 dollars for this oh sure which means the person who's selling who sold this guitar to them actually probably got more money from the pawn shop than they could have on the open market (laughs) ferengis are real kids (laughs) yeah there you go I mean, if you know where this pawn shop is, apparently they'll buy anything. So if you've got something you're having trouble selling, <laughs> go down there and just tell them the story. <laughs> hold on, hold on. And they'll buy it from you. All right. So you know, you- you've got some you've got some rare pieces in your collection. Here. All right. What what rare pieces do I have, Steve? You've got this vintage 1968 Stratocaster owned by Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> What else do I have? Hmm. Yes. You've got this prototype 1959 Gibson Les Paul. Right. Made for Jim Page. Well, you see, it was originally owned by Eric Clapton, and then he gifted it to his friend Jim Page. Right. And Jim Page was like, "I can't accept this. It's too good." So I'm going to give it to my friend who lives in a small town oh. near a pawn shop. And look here, it's Albert King's Flying V. Right. The prototype that Fender made for Albert King before he decided to stick with the Gibsons. I'm so glad that you have all of these yes, relics. All these high value collectible guitars that I have sitting around. Good freaking grief. I think someone offered me like 450 for the V one time. Yeah, because it's insane. <laughs> I could see it's it's like uh because it's not like I made this strat. It's like I put together things that don't make sense. Right. And nobody else will do it. <laughs> I I can actually see that being like a legit offer. Sure, sure. For that. I definitely put at least four hundred and fifty dollars of work into it. I think it's one of those things where I'm gonna keep it around until I'm desperate someday. Yeah. Like when I really need 450 bucks, then I'll sell it. When someday. your channel really gets hacked. When I really get hacked, when I get Stevie teed and I need to sell things to survive, that'll probably get sold. I have a thought, Ryan. Tell me your thoughts. I was thinking that this episode's brought to you by Big Ear Pedals. <laughs> uh, they make the Albi. <laughs> nice a transition. Curated multi effect. Uh, you guys got to check this out. I know, I know they're sold out. Just get on the mailing list. Follow them on Instagram. Keep an eye open. You want one of these. You want to follow. Just trust me. You, you want, want to follow Big Ear on social media. They have been posting when dealers have them in stock. Yep. Yep. Go check this out. BigEarPedals.com. This episode is also brought to you by Chase, Chase Bliss, Bliss Audio. Audio. I've got the Dark World here in my hand. This is 
a really amazing reverb by Chase Bliss. It's oh, yeah. not an analog hearted pedal. It is a digital heart, digital brain pedal. Well, that's okay. Robots have feelings too. Mm-hmm. What I like to do with this pedal, like the Chase Bliss pedals are capable of so much bonkers stuff. But I have one way I like to run it. I run a uh, like a plate reverb on the traditional reverb side. And then on the experimental reverb side, I run the shimmer reverb. And the way it's set up is the there's a knob that dictates whether it's a high octave or a low octave on the shimmer. I have it so that oscillates back and forth really slowly. So as I'm playing, it shifts from this high-pitched shimmery shim reverb to this really growly low octave reverb and the way it just keeps moving makes it feel really like dynamic and organic and uh it doesn't become boring Mm -hmm. like sometimes shim reverb can become boring because it's the same octave the whole time because this is constantly moving and undulating it 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 feels magical it honestly does. So huge thanks to Big Ear and Chase Bliss Audio for once again sponsoring this podcast that I know you love. You just love it. And those pedal companies help make it possible. So go support them. This next topic was sent by a person. That's true. We haven't gotten topics sent by animals yet, as far as I'm aware. Um, Nicholas Martinez asks, can you and Steve imagine... Can we? If you were new musicians today, what kind of music and or equipment you might gravitate to? I think this is a really fun and interesting question. Like, Do you say musicians or guitarists? I think he's saying what kind of music. He's saying if you were new musicians. He's not even saying if we were new guitarists. We could be any kind of musician now. Um, So that's another thing to figure out. Like, What kind of musician would we be? Probably Mm -hmm. still guitarists. Mm -hmm. Um, But what music would we be into? And what equipment would we gravitate to? Like, it's so easy for us to be like, oh man, when we came of age in the mid nineties or whenever this is what was available, this is the music we were listening to and that helped shape us. But knowing our personalities and knowing what's out there now, we could have turned out totally different. I think part of the prop, the part of the thing I'm trying to process through this question is like, Am I a young version of me? Am I listening to... Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think you have to look at through look at it through the lens of what are teenagers doing now and what version of a teenager would you be? What, what genre no, that, it, of a teenager right. would you be? Like, you can't say, well, I'm this unique person, and so this is how I would approach what's available now, and I would pick, pick some unique path. That's probably true and fine or whatever, but I think you need to look at the stereotypes and pick your camp. <laughs> well, so I guess what I'm wondering is, like, what I'm trying to process through in answering this is, like, am I trying... I guess what I don't know, because I don't listen to it now, right, is I don't know what the 2021 equivalent is to 1997 Blink-182 Dude Ranch. Right. Like, but the problem is, is probably a lot of that equipment is the same. I think if I was, like, making music now, um, trying to be a musician now, I think I would probably be like, I think I would want, I guess there's an Alesis version of this that a lot of people do and a Yamaha version, but some kind of like, uh, you know, the Roland synth pads, 
drum pad synth synth drum thing. Uh huh. Like just the square thing. I think I'd get one of those. Like or a maybe, sampling pad thing. Yeah, or like maybe even just the simple like beat maker thing that's got all the colored buttons like this. Right, right. Only it's like beats. Oh, here's a beat. It works different. Um, so like maybe something like that, like your little groove makers. Um, but I feel like I maybe I would still want something more analog. So right. I it could be like a groove maker. I, and when I say analog, like something that's just not the buttons, like something that sure. even if it's making electronic sounds, like a you're, synth, you're hitting it. You're hitting. Oh, okay. You hit stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. What kind of music do you think you would be if you were like if you were like fourteen right now? What music do you think you would be discovering and Gosh, getting probably into? Probably just the worst garbage. <laughs> well, music. yeah, you're a teenager. You listen to the worst stuff. I don't know. I still think the music I listened to when I was fourteen was pretty good. <laughs> I have a feeling like. If I was 14 right now, or, you know, for, let's say like 14 to 20, like that age range. Yeah. I think I'd be listening to like the Billie Eilish's of the world. Don't know why I had trouble saying her name. And I'd also be listening on the other end of the spectrum. I would also be listening to like the peripheries. I'd be listening mm. to like Gent, probably. Right. <laughs> like whatever Gent band is going on. Uh, I think like 14 year old me would have been straddling between those two worlds of like, kind of like moody new goth alternative mm. and like flirting with this stuff that sounds kind of technical prog progressive in a new way right. sort of thing, but then have no hope of ever playing that way right <laughs> i think I, I think you know um and i'd probably be window shopping for eight strings but then never actually pull the trigger i would like to think that i would be chill enough to go all in on like bedroom pop yeah like i could like see that said, like the billy eilishes or like the the doties or the beata bees or the the soccer mommies of the world that's out of context. That sentence just sounded like nonsense. It sounds like nonsense to me. Um, <laughs> I vaguely have an idea of what you're talking you about. You know, and, and that's, and I think that's where I was going with like, you know, if you have like one of these like drum pad, whatever things and like an acoustic guitar, you're made, you're, you're a one man band. You're oh, making totally. music. You're grooving. I, I would say like when I was a teen and a young player, I was trying to make home recordings because I had so much time on my hands. Right. I was trying to do that and the resources just weren't there. Like there's only so much you can do with Microsoft sound recorder. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the free software that was available, even the software that I was able to like try to steal back then, mm -hmm. like there was so little you could actually do and so little information how to get started as like a home recording person with like a computer. It's so different now like i probably if i was a teenager now i'd probably be making full songs they would suck but i'd be making yeah. full full yeah. songs all by myself at home posted on soundcloud exactly i'd be recording these deeply deeply awful genty things <laughs> that no one would want to listen to but i'd be having a blast yeah i'd be having a blast yeah. for sure and you know we've said it we've talked about this stuff before but like the i thought the options for 
like budget instruments are just off the oh, freaking rails. Crazy. I'd hope that if I was 14 right now, I'd have the common sense to get things that 40 year old me would recommend me. Like, I, like honestly, like if, if 14 year old me was here right now, I'd be like, stop what you're doing. Just go buy a boss katana 50 and either buy a squire bullet or honestly buy one of those ERT things. Nah, man, you're going to get a boss katana 100 and you're going to get a, uh, one of those Charvel, uh, that whatever that shell pink Charvel is that everyone's so hot on because <laughs> you want to make that shreddy. I honestly could see like the mentality I had as a 14 year old, I could honestly see myself window shopping eight strings and like Kempers. You're probably saving up. You're probably (laughs) saving up for uh, you're saving up for a Chapman. Right. I'd be window shopping eight strings and Kempers or like Ormsby's and Chapman's and things like that. (laughs) But then I'd, I'd settle for, a Harley Benton and a uh, a pod go. I mean, like the Harley Benton Fusion. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's a lot of guitar for the price. So. It is. But yeah, the, the options these days are incredible. Like, what young people can get started with now is yeah. is so amazing compared I, to what I, we had. And in a lot of ways, twenty like, years ago, I think that's what I like about having people send their songs to us is being able to hear like what other people are doing uh in their own spaces you know so a little and kind of hear like what's possible a little side rat we had a guy um become an unhinged in our comment section apparently he was going around to a lot of channels just copy pasting um his rant his manifesto oh and one of his big talking points was that this channel and other channels like us are actively suppressing people from doing home recording and learning how to write and compose their own music because we're gear channels. It's like, dude, seven years of podcasting, we've been playing listener songs at the end of the podcast. I'm sorry you've never made it to the end of a podcast, and, dude. And foreign country national anthems. And foreign country national and, anthems. And, and a right lot of Japanese surf. <laughs> There was, there was the Japanese. We era. had a year where we weren't getting as many songs and I was padding it out, but we've had a consistent amount of songs since then, but 52 episodes a year. Yeah. We've hosted yeah. listener songs. There's, there's at least, and you guys three, keep sending them. There's at least 300 or so. There's at least like 300 listener submitted right. songs out there at the end of po- podcast. I was just, it's just funny to me that he would make that accusation against us when Clearly, that's not what we do. (laughs) And he was making it sound like, sorry, I'm ranting on this, this commenter. He was making it sound like there are no channels that talk about theory or home recording or any of that stuff. Like, dude, YouTube is saturated with that. Dude, Ryan, just admit you were hand selected by the, by the music instrument cabal to become a YouTuber. No one, no one would choose me to, to. To have a place in this industry, to, to, I brute forced myself in. You are, you are, uh, you are, you are driven by the will of the recording industry. <laughs> You're su- actively suppressing the common man musician. It's such a conspiracy with this channel. Uh, in order to ri- raise up the Beyonces of the world. All right. 
So you wouldn't pay 150 bucks for that. What would you pay for that guitar, that Telecaster? Are we talking about this again? I just want because you were just closing it. I want to know what your your. I'm telling you, I would I would say a hundred dollars tops. Okay, all right. I I think I'd say like seventy five dollars. Do your housekeeping. Let's do the last ad. Let's call it a night. Uh, if you want to support this nonsense, head on over to Patreon.com/slash60cyclehumcast, where for as little as one dollar a month, you can help support the show and uh, help us do the things that we do. All right, this last ad was sent by Kyle Barnhart. Uh, looking for this Warwick. I'm looking for my old Warwick streamer. It was a passive German-made base. Wenga neck and some rash on the back. I sold it in Ottawa, possibly at the guitar show. How do you not know where you sold something? It wasn't expensive or anything, but it had a nice feel to it. Nostalgic mostly. Lol. Let me know if you've seen it. And it's uh, has two pictures of this thing. It has, yeah, it has two pictures and they have four pixels between both of them. <laughs> That many, huh? <laughs> I think this guy just need like I mean, I guess he's in Ottawa. Maybe it's like a small city sort of situation. Ottawa's not that small. But it's like maybe it's like a small music community where maybe someone would be like, Oh yeah, I remember that base. That's been passed around town for years now. I can help you track that down. But these pictures are so crummy. I think this guy just needs to go find that model and buy it new. Like, don't try to find yeah. your original base. I think you're going to be out of luck. There are 934,000 people in the city of Ottawa and uh, 1.4 million people in the general area of Ottawa. That's not that's not insignificant, but compared to San Diego, like that's only that's like half of San Diego, right? But can you imagine going on San Diego Craigslist and being like, um, oh, like, here, here we go. This would be like if we were like, I bought that Jaguar and I like two different people hit me up like, hey, I owned that Jaguar at one point. Weird. People, how, where did those? And people? one of those people we know personally, Chris Weeks. Owned, oh, yeah. Owned I do that, remember that. Owned that Jaguar at one point. I don't know, man. I still think that this is this is a way long shot is a big long because shot because my thought is like if we were to put up like hey uh 10 gosh not even 10 years ago now uh 15 years ago you were selling a pair of white steinberger bass and guitar right on craigslist you still got them willing to pay top dollar <laughs> like i do kind of wish we bought those it was a matching pair of headless broomstick guitars yeah <laughs> this is just, I don't know. but Not just a pair of guitars. It was a, a four-string bass and a six-string guitar, and we were in a band together that wore all white, and it would have yeah. been perfect. So this first picture that's kind of um, where the text is, you guys who are looking at the pictures where the text is, um, maybe if the text wasn't here, you could see it better, but there's definitely a lot of grain going on. These other pictures are like performance pictures, and I want to give this person the benefit of the doubt that if they sold this like 10 years ago, maybe they like pulled this picture off of their band, off of his band's MySpace. This is a flip phone quality photo from 2006. No, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is a photo. This is like a zoom in 
of a photo that was downloaded off of a thumbnail. Right. So it's like they downloaded they downloaded like the compressed version from MySpace and then they blew it up and then they zoomed in. No, they got they got into they were trying to find this photo and the photo had been long deleted, but their computer software still had a log of the thumbnail <laughs> image for the desktop and this is this is it. This is what hap- this is the real life version of what happens when you just keep telling your computer to enhance. <laughs> I hope he finds it. I, I do hope he finds his base. But if it's as good as he remembers it being, then the person who has it right now, there's no way they're going to well, sell it. Well, it wasn't inspe- expensive or anything. It just had a nice feel to but it. But that's what I'm saying. If it's not expensive or anything, he should just go find this model base and buy that and play it so that it feels the way his old one did. Like, you can't... Even if he found his old one, it's got, you know, a decade or more of wear on it. Of somebody else's filth. Right. Someone else's filth is all over it. So he just needs to get a fresh one. Or or one that's that's equally used that he can find on eBay or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tell us about the song. Uh, let's see. This song was sent to us. By Philip Laclede. He says, here's a song called Feature Rock. At one point, I was helping my parents with their front garden. Found a massive rock just below the surface that despite three people's efforts with digging guards, we could not move. We determined it was now a yard decoration or a feature rock. Uh, the song is inspired by the story because that's what it was on my, that was what was on my mind when I exported it. After this song, we only have one song left. So send us your songs. Send guys. us your song, 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. This song will now load. It's loading. I'm seeing the little bar go. Go drive, go. Go drive, go. If only someone could edit this. Go drive, go. I mean, somebody could, but more like, will somebody edit this? Probably not.
cool. It's got like '90s detective movie vibes. It uh, it uh, had some guitar parts that it featured, and those parts rocked. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I made a joke. I like it. All right, bye everybody. Stay grounded.